Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Any NBA fans out there? If so, you'll enjoy today's episode with Emily Drexler of the Atlanta Hawks. Emily's been with the team for eight years, currently serving as the Senior Director of Safety and Security. But with 21,000 raving fans congregating in State Farm Arena every game, the home of the Atlanta Hawks comes with some significant safety and security challenges. During our conversation, Emily describes how she and her team address those challenges by ensuring every employee is trained for any situation. Let's jump in. Emily, can you give us a brief overview of the Hawks security team? So over at State Farm Arena, we are multifaceted. We have two different groups of leaders within the security department. So one being the 24-7 building security team. So they operate not only our arena's 24-7 team of three shifts, but also our practice facility that is also off-site. In combination and working in lockstep with that group is our event management and leadership team that's composed of three managers. They tackle all of the events that we host at the arena, whether it's Hawks games, small events, large events, you name it, they oversee it. And then not leaving out our parking and traffic team that is led by former bomb commander of Atlanta Police Department, done a wonderful job for us, 911 dispatcher commander in his former life, still leading the charge for us in that. And uh, we are all led by our fearless leader, former Atlanta Police Department chief of police. So that kind of compiles our entire leadership team over at the arena. Wow. So you have quite a substantial team over there, but I do understand you also partner with other organizations to protect the venue and its people. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? We have a great relationship with all of our local law enforcement partners. Atlanta Police Department has been a near and dear partner of ours for a very long time. So they hold all of our off-duty law enforcement positions within the arena. Also, we partner with everyone in the downtown footprint. Um, We're very close to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Georgia World Congress Center, CNN, security, all right within our footprint. So we all have a very, very, very good working relationship together. How important do you think that is to your overall success, having those relationships established ahead of time before something happens? Oh, definitely. Our relationships are everything. We try to keep, you know, in lockstep with each organization, whether it's on the local or the federal level. I think that communication and that process needs to be completely flawless. That's how we we really mitigate a lot of challenges. Would you recommend other organizations that perhaps don't have the type of people coming on site or the volume that you do to have those kind of relationships, at least at some, some level before something happens? Oh, sure. Definitely. I mean, I, I think you have to have those kind of partnerships, those networks of people that you can bounce ideas off of, best practices, talk to, talk through things. It's really critical to have good relationships, not only on you know, a law enforcement level, but you know, on a public safety level. Talking with Georgia Aquarium, right? Other big organizations that have you know, assets that they are trying to protect on a daily basis, it definitely takes you very far. Well, what are some of the safety and security challenges that you face specifically at State Farm Arena? To say specific, I think as a whole, right, in the industry and the climate and the world that we're in, you know, obviously there's so many risks out there, so many factors when you have large groups together. Our team does a fantastic job of 
of trying to mitigate those as best as possible, using the best practices around the industry, the league, partnering with you know our, our concert partners at Live Nation, really just doing everything we can to mitigate some of those you know incidents that can occur. You train on them. I think that's the biggest thing. You make sure everybody is informed and you continue to talk about them. So that's really how we continue to mitigate. Are there any things beyond the obvious, like having that big influx of people coming in all of a sudden and leaving that maybe the average person wouldn't know that you and your team struggle with? I don't think it's any secret that traffic in Atlanta is is a challenge, right? Overall <laughs> in the downtown footprint. But I think that's it. We, we just want it to be a, a flawless ingress, right? For our guests to come in, get through the traffic, right? Get through the uncontrollables that we can't control and make sure that they have the best fan experience once they come into our our walls of the arena and then getting them out as safely as possible too. So I think there's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of, you know, training, right? With crowd management training, control, conflict resolution that we touch on and harp on constantly within our trainings and within our our team, right? Our frontline team. They're the first ones that the guests see that they have the biggest impact on. So that's kind of what we do. Yeah. Conflict resolution must be huge for you between traffic no emotion there, right? <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> yeah. your team winning or losing, the emotion that goes along with that, that's got to create all sorts of emotional roller coasters among these different guests that require your people to have some patience, but also some knowledge on how to interact with those folks that are in these different emotional states. No, definitely. And, and that's, again, we understand that. We understand, you know, there's some uncontrollables of, you know, what goes on outside our walls of how the guests might feel when they're coming in, you know, they're coming in or making, you know, moments for themselves and their families. So we want to do, you know, everything that we can to make it a good experience for them. We train that, we teach that within our culture at the arena, not only in the security department, but across, you know, all departments of that Southern hospitality, if you will, making moments for the fans and the guests. Is that the number one thing you put into your people's mind is, hey, remember, this is a one-time event for them. You may come here all day, every day, but they may show up once a year or once in a lifetime for this. So you have to remember that when you're interacting with them and they may be a little emotionally heightened. Is that something that people think about? And what else do you do to train your people to make sure that they don't escalate the situation further? Peter, that's a great point. We want to make sure that they have the best time possible. There's many factors to that, but I think overall, continuing to train our team on a, you know, conflict resolution, it could be as simple as someone's in another person's seat, right? And and the two guests may get into it. How do you react? How do you de-escalate that? How do you ensure that, you know, as a whole, the fans feel taken care of, they feel seen, they feel heard? So that's that's just one piece that we try to continue to train on and make sure that we're consistent on across the board. Yeah, that training constantly is super important because you can't think of every possible situation that pops up. But if you have the right tool set, then you can enter into a maybe a totally new situation for that security guard or whomever it is, and they'll have the tool belt to address that situation properly. Sure, absolutely. Well, how do you stay ahead of the curve with all these evolving challenges that are happening out there now? Definitely in the safety and security field. I think the technology is ever-changing. So I, I think for myself to continue to stay educated on what is being offered, right? What what can we do to continually get better? What can we do to, you know, enhance the ingress experience, make it easier and more seamless on the fan, but not jeopardizing, you know, the safety of of our players, of our other guests, of our team members. You know, from a, a leadership standpoint within our our team, we're we're constantly going to conferences. We're constantly 
going to trainings to try to get better, to try to know what is around the corner, what's that next threat, what do we need to be prepared for, how do we continue to enhance our security measures to make sure that we are remaining a tier one, not only team, but industry, right, in a, in a building. So it's continuous improvement. I know our, our GM says it all the time, is, is can I continually incrementally getting better day to day? That's got to be so tough to do, that balancing act between ultimate security, which is don't let anybody in the building. That's ultimate security, but you can't do that. The nature of your business is you got to have people on site. So how do you find that balance? That's got to be tough. Is it a lot of discussion internally? Is it working with outside vendors to give ideas, talking with local law enforcement to just socialize the troubles you're having? How do you go about finding that balance? Yeah, I mean, I think you just nailed it. It's, it's a combination of all of those. It's having those conversations. It's going to those meetings and, and kind of brainstorming with other people in the industry, with experts in the field of law enforcement, of federal, of the technology. They're, they're very educated, very knowledgeable, always willing to help and continue to give you know, some of those expert advice opinions and, and continue to try to make sure that there's balance, right? There's, there's safety for the players, but there's a continual guest engagement and an experience that needs to, to happen as well. Well, I know there's, uh, is it 82 games, regular season for basketball, half about which you play at home, but does the arena host events besides Hawks games? We host an incredible amount of games. We're about a third way through the NBA season as stands, but I think we are on track um, for this year and the upcoming year to hit some true franchise records of events, even outside of basketball. So we'll host close to about 150 events in a year, give or take, outside of basketball. So our arena stays very busy. I know if our booking VP could, he would book an event 365 days out of the year. And that's why he's one of the best in the business. But we stay very busy at the arena. Wow. And each one of those probably has slightly different challenges. Definitely. I know we've recently tapped into the K-pop world and to esports, which two are really taking off. In general, I mean, we we just see such an influx of interest in that, sellouts in that, and definitely different demographics, different folks coming into the building that have never been into the building before. So it's it's definitely adapting and learning and, you know, pivoting on some things to ensure that they, they have the right experience as well. Well, with all this going on, what's your focus for the security team right now? I think just it's a combination of work-life balance, right? For our leaders to make sure they're taking care of themselves. But uh, again, training. I I think just ensuring that the frontline team members who are having that that personal and one-on-one interaction with the guests are getting everything they need, right? That they have a a good employee experience, but that we're giving them all the tools necessary to be successful and overall for our team to be successful. So I, I think training constantly and just ensuring that, you know, we are doing everything we can to ensure that they're having you know, a good employee experience uh, within our team and our organization. I think that's so important. It's often forgotten that concept of who cares for the caregivers, who protects the protectors. If you don't focus on that, then they will burn out so fast. Absolutely. It happens very quick in this industry. Is there an example of some kind of training that you do with the team that you might be able to elaborate on, at least at a high level? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we tabletop exercise and that's getting, you know, all of those stakeholders in the same space to walk through different scenarios. We will do personalized trainings, leadership development trainings with our, our frontline team just to ensure that they are, you know, keeping up on the trends, the equipment, 
that they understand from event to event, it could change from, you know, prohibited items. So I think just awareness and, and continual training of all of our policies that gives them the confidence they need to be able to, to go out and succeed and be empowered to make some decisions in real time. Well, going back to the emotional roller coaster aspect of the guests, can you talk a bit about your experience securing an environment where alcohol is served? I imagine that's probably a, a pretty big consideration and can impact quite a few decisions. Yeah, I mean, that's in every sporting event, that's in every concert, anything that you're ever going to go to. You know, we, we have a great relationship and partnership with our, our food and beverage who take it very seriously and, and understand it as well as we do. So I, I think it goes back to, you know, understanding the guest. How are we communicating with them? They could be having a very bad night. How are we communicating back to them to ensure that we can de-escalate, right? And having the tools to be able to talk through those things to ensure that nothing uh, escalates over a situation that that it shouldn't. People are going to come in, they're going to have a good time. Our number one goal is to make sure that they're having a safe time, they're safe in our building, and they, they get out of our building safely as well. No, that's great. It's so important to train everybody up and down the chain. Generally speaking, how important is communication in managing safety and security, and what role does it play in your overall activities? Yeah, no, communication is paramount. Definitely in our field, definitely at the arena, it is so critical to have a good communication plan in place. We utilize an incident management system where we are constantly communicating through one vein during the event in real time and constantly, again, improving our uh, crisis communication plan. Yeah, communication is so important and nothing ever goes according to plan in an emergency, at least not 100%. So you have right. to be able to see what's happening, call an audible, communicate it out, and that way you can have better outcomes. So thinking about that, you know, without giving any specifics, what are some of the things that you guys do really well when it comes to communication? And what have you learned mistake-wise in the past that you don't want to do again and you've corrected that going forward? You know, communication is, is such a, an interesting thing, right? I think having the right players in the room, having the right tree of communication, having those decision makers and those leaders uh, be the ones that are really branching out and, and disseminating that information is, is critical down to the frontline team member, right? They need to have that information as well. They need to be able to hear it and get it and be able to act on it. So, you know, I think to be better and to continue to do better is to continue to enhance and train on that crisis communication plan. Who's disseminating that information? Who's getting it? And then how are we ensuring that the people are impacting the most are getting the right information? So I, I think that's something that we can always improve on. Well, that's great advice. Before we wrap up here, I do want to ask you about your personal experience. You work at the intersection of what are arguably two very male-dominated industries, security and sports, and you're thriving. You're doing great. So do you have any advice for other women who may be in a similar position? You know, kudos to our industry, kudos to the NBA for being so inclusive. And you can see it across other, other sports fields as well. You know, the only advice I would say is that continue to put yourself out there. You deserve a seat at the table, right? You deserve to have your voice be heard. Continue to work hard regardless. There is inclusion out there and it's continuing to change. It's a climate that is, is ever evolving and, and sports is kind of leading the way, really spearheading it. And I'm, I'm really proud to work for an organization that supports it, but also uh, from a higher level at the NBA. And I know you have some military background. So how did that influence your role that you have here today? You know, I 
spent eight years in the service. It was a, a wonderful experience. You know, definitely, I think just that discipline and that head down, eyes forward and keep, keep pushing, left foot, right foot, breathe, as uh, Pat Summit used to say. But it, it definitely influenced um, this. Basketball has always been a huge part of my life. So I'm, I'm really grateful to continue to, to work in an area and a field that I, I love. Honestly, the game has, has changed my life and it's continued to. So uh, the military definitely, definitely changed my life and for the better. So really grateful that I can be in the role that I am and continue to lead an incredible group of people to be successful. That's fantastic. And it's great. You could bring those skills across for the Hawks. That's amazing. As you think back on your career with the Hawks so far, what was your best day on the job? What, what's something that just went really well? And you're like, man, this, this all worked perfectly today. Anything you could share there? <laughs> perfectly. I don't know. I will have to come back to, I mean, you know, no event is ever going to be perfect. There's, yeah. there's always going to be something um, that sticks out that can be better. You know, I, I think honestly, for me, every event, that we have every single game. If people leave and they get out of there safely, they come in safely. That that's a successful event for me. That's the biggest thing. I tell our team that all the time, actually we get them in and and we get them out and we send them on their way. And if they've had a a great experience, then, then that's a success for me. Yeah. Get them home the same way they arrived or better. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Fantastic. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being here today. I definitely learned a lot and you guys do such an amazing job. So kudos to you and the team. Super appreciate it, Peter. Thank you guys for having me. Excellent. Well, where can our audience connect with you if they have any follow-up questions? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn. So reach out, send me a message, whatever you want to do. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you for listening to the show and for helping us spread the word. We truly appreciate your ratings and reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.